Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you today? Today, it's quite a bit of rain. Huh? So we have, um, what is today's date? Today is the 5th of July. Last week we completed the uh, the section on uh, wholesome mental concomitants. Uh, so under the mental concomitants, uh, we went through the uh, eleven different types of mental concomitants that are wholesome. Then following that, in this uh, subsection, we look at the, uh, we can say unwholesome, yeah? or we can basically say these are the category of defilements. defilements. Yeah. So under defilements, we have the primary defilements, and then the secondary defilements. The primary defilements are, are also uh, termed primary because it is from the primary defilements that the secondary defilements uh, arise. So let's take a look. Uh, so this is the section title. The word fun now. The word fun now. Uh, in Sanskrit or Pali, Kilesa. 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 So, uh, there are quite a few different. Still can't figure out how the 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 sizing of this thing work. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Last time HK come out with a very brilliant solution. Uh, so this will allow us to zoom out and uh, show everything. So now the top and bottom are being shown. There was, there was quite a few sessions. Press it, press it, press it, then come out with it. Manual zoom out. So, uh, Kilesa. Uh, in Chinese, we usually translate as Fan Na. Fan Na. So, uh, <laughs> Who doesn't have defilements or any uh, worry or agitation in your mind? Raise your hand. 
So I remember there was once uh, I was uh, invited to teach one of the modules uh, in Buddhist library, we in the other classroom. Uh, it is part of a series of lectures, and uh, it is a, I think the title is uh, Applying Buddhism into Our Daily Life. So in my module, uh, the first thing I did was ask them to do an exercise which I shared with you all. Yeah. Uh, I shared slightly different forms in different classes. So for that one, I asked them to write down uh, three things that you know upsets them. Uh, so one of the participants, one of the students, uh, once I give the exercise, everybody uh, started writing. Then he, he told he said, Sufu, uh, I don't have any defam I don't have anything that upsets me. Huh? So for the past one week you didn't get upset over anything? Then he said no. So I said, how about the past three weeks? No. Three months? No. Past one year? No. Since like forever. <laughs> and he, he repeatedly said no. So I told him, uh, well, maybe you are more enlightened than you know. <laughs> well, then you don't have to write. Uh, meanwhile, everybody is busy, right? And after about maybe three to five minutes, Suddenly he said, Whether he called me Baron Boss, but that's him appear. So then he said, uh, I, I think I have something to write. I said, Oh, what is it? Then he said, uh, Every time when he comes for class in the Buddhist library, he get upset. So why? Because when he comes for 7 30 class, he drives and he arrives at 7 o'clock, he can't find parking space. He come earlier at 6.30, he still can't find parking space. So he get upset. Then before I can continue, he said, but it, it, it goes away after that, you know, the, the frustration. I said, okay, well, it's up to you. Uh, if you if you are con content with that, with that having frustration once in a while, you don't see a problem with that, you don't see a, a reason to resolve that, then who am I to say that you should? Uh, then in the end he said, okay, let me write it down. So, um, whether it's the word, the Chinese word fan now, or kilesa, uh, in English we usually use the word defilements, Sometimes we use the word affliction. So it basically refers to uh, a disturbance in the mind. Yeah? Uh, something that uh, agitates the mind. Yeah? An agitation within the mind that causes the mind to become unstable. Oh, make you in balance, you know. So, there are various forms of it. Now, let's take a look. 
烦恼是扰乱意，所以 disturbs you， 呃、uh, ，causes you to it has that meaning、uh,。But if we look at the the word、um, kilesa， 呃、uh, ， it also has another meaning which is 呃、uh, uh, that which can、uh, defile。That that can cause it, cause your mind to become impure, dirty, sully it,、yeah. and that's why I think the in the Ali、uh, in the Theravadan tradition in the, the English translation they use the term defilements. In the Chinese tradition, sometimes they use ranu. Ranu、yeah. uh, ranu means. Actually, it is very close to defilements、uh, or pains.、Yeah. Run means to to、uh, to paint or to color.、Uh, run. U is to become dirty. So,、uh, all these different descriptions is some of them are metaphoric、uh, to describe that the mind by itself is pure and pristine,、yeah, clear. And、now there's something that arises that causes it to become impure. That which causes it to become impure,、uh, collectively we call them kilesa. We call them defilements, afflictions. So, tandan fanao. So the first one is greed, tandan, tan, etc. So not just greed. Yeah, but all the various kinds of、uh, defilements, starting with greed, yeah, 扰乱友情的身心 it disturbs, it agitates, it causes your body and mind to become perturbed. Yeah, not just your mind, not just your body.、Uh, have you observed yourself when you are angry? There was once when I was in US and got really upset. Yeah, it is quite embarrassing to tell you, but <laughs> I was so upset with with everybody.、Oh, I stood up and made my statement and I walked out of the meeting. I was a novice monk. Oh, <laughs> most junior ever.、But、novice monk. All of them are all biku, you know. Oh, fed up, stealth. Give them. I walk. Wow! I felt so much. Wow!、Oh, injustice. You know? Wow!、Oh, went back to my room and then, but at the same time, I know that、oh, I must calm down.、Oh, so went back to my room, closed the door, probably slept. Then <laughs> sat down and tried to meditate. Wow!、Oh, I was so agitated. My whole body was trembling. Wow!、Oh, I think that was the the. The first time I cried after I became a monk, oh, I felt so much injustice. Then, then the next day something strange happened. You know what happened? Hard, hard for anyone to believe. Ah,、uh. so you all just take it with a pinch of salt,、mm. maybe a glass of salt. The next day, ah.、Uh, So 
I got a call from my mom. And then I talked to my mom. Then my mom asked her, Are you okay? Said, yeah, okay. Then she said, Yesterday I had a dream of you. Oh, what dream? I dreamt that you were crying. <laughs> oh, tell me I wanted to. <laughs> But bear in mind, uh, it's not that every week he, she calls and says, I dream of you crying. Then, oh, uh, after I don't know how many weeks, okay, can I? Yeah. Oh, blue sounding. So, Mozi, Lian Sing, scary. <laughs> and that was way before the CCTV, all those things. Uh. <laughs> but from that experience, I know that, wow. Anger, anger can really disturb you. Uh, it can really agitate you. Uh, the the whole spectrum of it. So although when we come into Buddhism, many times we want to deal with uh, negativity, we want to deal with this kind of unpleasant uh, emotions. Yeah. Uh, but and so we, we take steps to avoid them. And, and it's good, but at some point, uh, we must we must pluck up the courage and face these emotions. And when we say face these emotions, it means that as it arises, uh, be able be able to watch yourself as it arises. But of course, uh, to do that, you need some level of spiritual maturity. You need some ability to not be uh, caught up in it, so that you can watch yourself while it arises. But be it greed, hatred, or delusion, and if you can observe yourself while anger arises, then you truly know the harm that anger does to yourself, and it's beyond. Uh, reading some texts, listening to some talks. I mean, it, by now, all of you, all of us know that anger is not good for us, isn't it? Uh, who, who doesn't know? Who? who? Uh, everybody knows, isn't it? But then, when it happens, I tell you. No, you tell me. <laughs> uh, when, it's, when it happens, surely there's some reason for us to get angry. Yeah? In our life, there are so many good reasons for us to get angry. Yeah? And when when that happens, uh, we you know we throw everything out on the window. So only when we observe truly how anger affects us, yeah. and then you can appreciate what the Buddha say. Ah, anger is uh, those who allow anger to fester. It's like holding on to hot coal. It burns you. Before we learn the Dharma, we think we think of anger as in terms of oh the person who made us angry. Yeah. We think of that person as hot coal. Oh that person is hot coal. I don't want to deal with that person. So we avoid that person. But later you realize that anger itself before you even act on the anger it has Hurt you. And that's the nature, not just of anger, but 
of all the defilements. Defilements aggravate us, agitate us, afflicts us. So, even though we don't immediately see that in anger, but it's still easy to see. A desire are not so easy to see. So, Laksa uh, is so nice. Uh, so, Lian is so nice. Uh, so, when the craving for all these things arise, hard for us to look at it clearly and say, oh, this is causing agitation in the mind, disturbing us. Not so easy. Not so easy. So as 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 we learn this text, or in, in general when we learn the Dharma, we listen to Dharma talks, we read books, it, it also tells us not all this. But at some point we must take that step to really uh, observe ourselves. But to observe ourselves further, we need to learn to quieten the mind. Mental discipline. Mental discipline. To learn to, to be able to say, hey, if I want to do something, uh, if once I make a decision to do something, I can do it. Nothing can stop me. Uh, even if now I don't feel like doing it, I will do it. Even if now the feeling that arises is to do something else, I will not do that something else. I will do this instead because I decided to do this. And it is a surprise, um, even before we talk about doing meditation as a form of mental discipline, uh, somebody asked me, So, Sufu, every day we offer water, offer light flowers or something, what's the purpose of that? So I told them, I said, in my opinion, uh, should we meditate? Yeah, we should meditate. But you, you go and look around, how many Buddhists meditate? <laughs> not, not, to, not to distinguish between those who actually learn how to meditate versus those who don't know how to meditate. But even those who have learned meditation, how many put in their time? So I, in my opinion, even if you ask a nominal Buddhist, yeah, if you can get the nominal Buddhist to do a simple offering, just offer a glass of water every day, about three times, without fear, every day to do it. Just recite Namo Bansu Sisyamuni for ten times. Just do this every day. <coughs> Uh, over time, it builds up mental discipline, that internal strength, that yes, I have committed myself to do this, I will do this. Above course, for those of you who are meditating, don't, don't downgrade yourself. Uh. <laughs> or Sufu say that is development of mental discipline. Okay, I throw in my two hours sitting, now I just do this. <laughs> But of course, if you have been doing two hours sitting, now even when you are doing water offering, it takes on a different dimension. If a person just you know, goes through the motion, that's different from if a person do it mindfully and have uh, a lot of uh, very 
very powerful uh, thought transformation when doing the offering. Yeah. Offering this and, and then dedicating all the merits to all sentient beings. That's different also. And that's to say that uh, the mental discipline yeah, to devote ourselves at least to one or two practices, then commit yourself. Let's say you commit yourself to do it for one month. <coughs> don't, don't set yourself too high. Oh, for the rest of my life, I will do this. Then, every, then after one month, after two months, after three months, okay, I'll go. <laughs> you know, yeah, the external form we do it, but in the mind, we really have gone. So called. Give yourself, like let's say, initially just one month. Really do it seriously for one month. Then after that, maybe do two months. Yeah. Do two months twice. Yeah. Then after do three months. And slowly build up from that. And with that mental strength, uh, while we are doing that, you should observe, you should start to try to observe the defilements arising. I've heard from many students this statement. Ashiko, can can I help you? When you come to them, I must do it. Yeah. Uh, not not saying that, not suggesting that, you know, or after attending five or some Dharma class, after three weeks, well, we must become like an enlightened being. But at least we should overcome our impulses once in a while. If, if you can at least overcome it once in a while, then you can slowly progress. Yeah, slowly progress. Otherwise, when are you going to ever make a start? Never. At least make a start. Then gradually move forward. All the enlightened ones start out this way. Start somewhere. So, uh, so disturbs the mind and body of sentient beings. So this Yoqing. So this term is a is a in a way a special term. Yeah. So another one that is linked to this is Han Shi. So, Yoqing, uh, that which can feel, that which can uh, experience things, basically that which is sentient. Let me just press up, uh, focus a bit. Yoqing, Anshi. So, if you, are, if you ever attend those, this Han, Han, you know, like, the to um, han, hanze. Yeah. So Han Shi. Uh, let me explain them separately. Uh, but they are basically the same meaning. Han Shi means that which has consciousness. Yeah. Qing, that which can feel, that has feelings. They are basically referring to the same thing, referring to us. Uh, han Shi 
uh, if you attend some of the puja, uh, Chinese puja, uh, yan ko, uh, the word han shi appear a few times. In the past, when I was much younger, I attend those puja with my parents, with my mother. And a lot of words also don't know how to read, I'm not going to understand. And later on, after I become a monk, then pick up some Chinese words and attended some pujas. Then I have a very different opinion about the Chinese chanting of the Chinese puja. Then I realized, wow, there's so much Dharma inside. Just that one, two hours of chanting is like a whole year's, whole year's worth of, of the Dharma class, you know. All super compressed, packed into that few verses. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, um, for most Buddhists, uh, when we actually attend any of those uh, puja, Especially for nominal Buddhists, the only time they attend this puja is when their parents pass away. Yeah. Then in that state, sometimes they are too distraught to to make sense of whatever they are chanting. Yeah. And then sometimes the chanting may be very fast. Uh, initially, then before you know it, fifth gear. <laughs> <laughs> before you know it, wow, you know where, where they are. But if you, if you, I often repeat this to those who attend Dharma classes. Yeah. And the reason is because uh, the tendency is high for those who attend Dharma classes to feel that puja is unnecessary, that it doesn't contain Dharma. I don't, I don't say all of you feel that way, uh, but tendency is high for those who attend Dharma classes uh, to, uh, to, to look at puja services as this is a devotional practice. It is a devotional practice, yeah, to be fair, uh, but within that practice, there are Dharma verses as well. Uh, although some people uh, charge the Chinese Mahayana tradition, saying that all these verses is, is written by Chinese monks. Uh, well, yes and no. Yeah. Uh, they are inspired by the sutra. And a lot of these are direct verses plucked out from the sutra. Uh, so if it, 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 it takes someone who has read the sutra to know that they are from the sutra. So only after much later, yeah, uh, when I learn more, then I attend the, the especially when you attend those like Yang Huang Tao Chan, Sun Mei Sui Chan, and so on, all the repentance puja. If you attend a puja where they recite the sutra, of course that's a sutra. Yeah. Uh, but it is the repentance puja where the source, sometimes people are like, well, where is this from? If, then, but we don't lie about it. We tell you this is by Yiling Guosu, that is by whichever master. Then people will feel like, oh yeah, what is this? But if you understand it, even Meng San, yeah, uh, when you from you have the Meng San word, that's one part. Ruo Ren Yu Liao Zi San Si Xie Fo Yin Guan Ba Jie Xing Yi Qie Wei Xing Zhao. 
just these four verses. It it encapsulates a lot of the teachings inside. So the the Chinese uh, practice of puja has its time and place, yeah, but it must always be in tandem with the teachings. So if a person only attend uh, teaching, then you miss out on the that uh, inspirational devotional aspect. But if a person only attend puja, never learn dharma, then you get to you get so inspired, uh, but with no grounding. Too inspired without grounding, easy, easy for disappointment, because you set yourself up too high. Uh. So, <coughs> so this Yuqinghanshi referring to sentient beings. So, disturb the mind and body of sentient beings. And what is the consequences? Causing sentient beings to perpetually, constantly uh, reside within birth and death. So, of course, this sense, then we know that this is referring to samsara. And Buddhism is uh, is by far uh, a very unique religion. Yeah. Uh, almost all religion have an answer for that. Ah, don't worry about that. We have a solution for you. Yeah. But only Buddhism look at birth and death as a as a pet. That together they are a problem. You think about it. Almost all religion, uh, we can say that all religion recognize death as a problem. Who 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 says death is not a problem? <laughs> Everybody have to agree that death is a problem, right? But how many actually say that birth is a problem? Buddha is the first in his time, and until now, I, I don't recall any other religion coming out and say birth is a problem. Yeah, very interesting. So, Buddhism looks at our existence in a very different way. Yeah. So we we all fear death. Yeah. We crave for life. This is what we call in Chinese Tan Shen Ta Shi. We crave for life, we fear death. But the Buddha Buddha saw that death is a problem, aging is a problem, sickness is a problem. But his solution was was found within that. And he saw that because anyone who goes through aging, sickness and death must have been born. So birth is an immediate condition for aging, sickness and death. And so you cannot separate these two. Those who want birth without death is considered foolish. Because you cannot have birth without death. To, to want birth without death is like you want to swim without getting wet. But of course, in today's world, you can wear a full suit uh, and then. <laughs> but that's quite ridiculous. Uh. So it comes as a man. 
in the teaching on suffering, in the teaching on suffering, we say that the first four of the eight suffering is birth, aging, sickness, and death. Uh, in the past, I've attended many talks, read many books, and many of, of, the, of this actually talk about, oh, how the process of birth is painful, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, you may have even read about how oh, going through the birth canal is painful, uh, and so on and so forth. But um, the the reasoning given by the Buddha is not. The reasoning given by the Buddha is it's not to do with or because going through the birth canal, heavenly beings, the birth is is extremely pleasant. Yeah. Mani- by manifestation. So for them, they don't experience that kind of pain. But still the Buddha said that birth is, is suffering. Why? Right? Because that birth gives rise to the subsequent pain. Subsequent suffering. So birth is considered suffering because of the fact that it is an immediate condition for all the other subsequent suffering. And so this cyclical existence. The trouble with us is we don't we we fail to see this link. And because we fail to see this link, uh, failure to see this link is part of how we call uh, ignorance. And because of that, upon that, are we satisfied? Well come on. But if next time I don't know who, how many how, some of you are quite quite young right? so if if you by the time I die and you all still know me right you all should come to my deathbed and like hey, hey, come on <laughs> <laughs> I hope that I will say yeah okay I'm quite satisfied actually I was waiting for it for the past thirty over years. <laughs> At least I can say uh, I can say that in my life, right? Uh, because I don't have that kind of strong craving to ah, go and visit this place, go for a tour to see this place. So I know that even if I die next week, I will not have that kind of clinging to say, oh yeah, well now I never go to uh, go to where? Uh, I never go to Bali before. Never go to Paris before. I ever see, I haven't seen Pat well, We have this thought not having the craving to be born there, but not enough married to be born there as a human. End up as a housefly there, Jala. Can you imagine? And that's the problem because uh, even for those who are elderly, those who uh, not to trivialize the matter, those who commit suicide. I've been thinking about this. Students have asked me, how about those who commit suicide? They want to die well. So I've been reflecting over this, thinking about this, contemplating. My own understanding is this, and again, not to trivialize whatever they are going through. In my understanding, it is that it is not that they don't want to leave, but rather, they have not found a way of living that is satisfying, that is um, free of 
maintain. So if if you can offer them a way to live, an option where they can live without their existing problem or misery, I have a feeling they will want to they want to live. It doesn't make the matter better, you know. But to me, uh, seeing this, I, I feel even more for them. That can you imagine if a person in that state, that he, I mean, there are so many ways to live, and yet that person don't see any option now. Wow, how oppressive that is. How oppressive, how scary that is. You know? How scary that is. So, um, in the Buddha's time, there are those who also try to attain Nibbana. But the idea is, once we die, then everything is over. We call that um, annihilistic view or nihilistic view. Basically, everything is terminated with the death of the body. Nihilis or Anandis. Uh, it is uh, another branch of, of uh, philosophy called materialist. Yeah? It's actually, uh, I don't know which one is on top of the other, uh, but the term materialistic today, uh, we use it in a slightly different way, but it actually has philosophical link to this. Uh, basically, a person who is materialistic, the, the original usage of the term is to describe that the person, uh, in the person's mind, he only cares about the material world. Yeah. He doesn't care about anything beyond the, the material. Yeah. And if you really subscribe to the, to the reasoning that, well, the only thing that exists is a material body, then after you die, everything is gone. Then make the best of your material life and then enjoy yourself. That's why the description for those who indulge in the senses uh, as materialistic. Uh, so in the Buddha's time, those who practice in this way, after dying, they think that that's the end. But before they die, they also practice all kinds of meditation and practices. So in the Sutta, it described that after dying, they get reborn in the uh, in another realm and some of them actually get reborn in heavenly realm to their surprise and so this is one of the suffering under number seven not getting what one wants the buddha used that to describe these cultivators that they want to put an end to suffering but they couldn't have it so when they get reborn i thought that was the end they're not experiencing any other suffering, but they are suffering because they don't get what they want. So this, this cycle, especially for us as human beings, uh, as we approach and then we die, if we can accept that and we really have no sense of want or crave, yeah, then it ends there. Yeah, then you are known as an arahant. Then in the Mahayana teachings, it doesn't end there. But the, the, what happens after that is not driven by defilements. It's driven by aspiration. 
by vows, by compassion, by love, guided by this thing. But in the meantime, sentient beings, Anatta, sentient beings are disturbed, uh, goaded, yeah, compelled by defilements. So samsaric existence is defined by our involuntary wandering around and round and round, yeah, driven by defilements. And as a result, Buddha Sieto, you see, because it's involuntary. I mean, think about it. Some people think, oh, I'm in charge of my life. If you're really in charge, then you can just decide. Can we really decide? Yeah, we can decide whether to come from class or not. <laughs> but yeah, many things we actually cannot decide. I cannot decide. Especially whether to stay in samsara or not. At least not in the current state. In the current state, you are here involuntarily. Think about it. The moment you are up to a certain age, and then you are okay, have some awareness, then you check yourself. Uh, ah, how come this life born like that? Ah, do I die? <coughs> okay, see. Then can be born again. Okay. Ah, this one quite nice. Okay, okay. <laughs> Continue. I don't know. We don't have that ability. <coughs> of course, not suggesting that we should <coughs> lead our life over such frivolous uh, uh, ones and, and uh, wishes. Yeah. So, so, another term here. So, this huo, the word huo, uh, is synonymous to to fanna. Uh, the word huo can be translated as uh, confusion or uh, or maybe afflictions. Uh, but it basically describes how uh, the more on the state of the mind um, that results from the departments causing confusion, yeah, that we are not able to uh, to see things clearly. Starting from ignorance, yeah, by definition we don't see things clearly. Yeah, we are confused, we are, we are disturbed by it. And then from there, delusion and greed, hatred. Yeah. Under the, uh, the effect of defilements, we are confused. So these two terms are synonymous. So there's the ku uh, on this tree. So I'm going to just loosely write confusion, 
than um, action and suffering. So, due to confusion, or if we can use the word defilements, then we act. Yeah. We act driven in that way, yeah, doing all kinds of foolish things. And because of that, in future we get the results of suffering. So, we also have another set, which is This is purely defilements. This is also action. And this is the fruits. And we call it Vipaka, which we learned earlier. So, this sequence, all these three are all uh, linked to suffering. All linked to suffering. Uh, so, in a way, this is very, this uh, for some people, when, we, when they hear, if you, if you share what you learn in Dharma classes with your friends, some of our, of our friends or families or colleagues, they may be quite repulsed. Uh, they may feel like, yeah, stop telling me all this. You know, office, there's enough stress. Don't tell me more, more stress. <laughs> but, the purpose of, of learning all this is really is a very good news because it tells us exactly how our problems start, how it perpetuates itself and how we suffer. And so if you look at this, there are three stages of opportunities in which you can stop your suffering. This is when it's in your mind. This is when you're acting it out. And even when you experience it, you can still mitigate the experience itself. Yeah. Because for over here you can stop it. Yeah, when it's in your mind. You can overcome your defilements, you can uh, use various techniques. Then if you cannot overcome it, you can still prevent yourself from acting upon it. Don't act upon it. Or even if you start, you can still stop. Then, even when you are, if you have done it already, doesn't mean that you must immediately suffer. Because the 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 actions just plan and save, it doesn't ripen immediately. It is only when later on you continue to have defilements then it can ripen into your suffering. And even when something happens, something bad happens, you can still choose to experience it, experience it differently. So, the Buddha's teaching is, it offers us so much opportunities. So, it's a very um, enabling, very empowering teaching. <coughs> so, this, this section, although the, the title itself or the, the whole section is on a bit of the negative part of our life. Yeah. Uh, I, 
I've noticed some uh, some Buddhists, some individuals, they sometimes criticize the five to sex. Have you heard people talk about this? What are the five to sex? To abstain from killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, lying, and abstaining from alcohol. <coughs> so, so there are some Buddhists who criticize this and say, oh, this is so negative. Why should we talk about the negation? We should talk about positive things. But this is the fact of life. Killing is harmful. You must stop it. If you want to live in La La Land, yeah, you can, but it doesn't necessarily stop the problem. So when you look at this chapter, uh, keep this in mind. So, Tan Dan Liu Huo. So Tan Dan Liu Huo. So Tan Chen Shi Nan Yi Er Jian. We will go through them. Okay. So these six, they are also known as Fan Nao. Also here known as Huo. Why? Because these six, it can confuse you. When you're under the influence of these six, you don't see things clearly. So it is the uh, foundation, the basis of all defilements. This six. This six is known as the primary defilements, the core. Because all other defilements arise from this six. Then, in fact, it can uh, induce, it can give rise to the other. Secondary defilements, which we will go through as well. So that's why they are known as the uh, foundational or, or primary primary defilements. Uh, primary defilements. So the six. Let me just iterate through first. Ah, tan chen shi nan and yi and er jian. So, uh, let me just iterate in English. So, we are very familiar. Uh, greed, hatred, and uh, uh, should be actually shouldn't be ignorance, uh, should be delusion. So, greed, hatred, and delusion. Then, man. Uh, Man would be conceit, yeah, conceit, conceit. And then E would be down. E would be down. And then Er Jian. Er Jian also known as Xie Jian. So, uh, wrong views. Wrong evil views. So these are the six primary defilements. So let's take a look. Tan Yu Yo Yo Ji Ran Zhao Wei Sing Nen Zhang Wu Tan Sen Ku Wei Ye. 
so this is the opening verse. So this is, you will notice that this is uh, fundamentally the opposite, yeah, the opposite of the earlier one, yeah, Wutan. It is practically the opposite. So let's take a look. So we have gone through this before. The Yo referring to uh, becoming or existence. So, so, so this Yishu, we've, we've covered it under the first chapter. Yeah. Uh, then the description is how uh, there's varied, varied ripening. Yeah. There's different ripening. And then I explain how uh, my teacher's uh, explanation when going through the Mahana Sangraha that when we are committing all the different bits, there's uh, the different types. But when it's planted as seed, they are all uh, indistinguishable. Yeah? Uh, so from varied to, to uniform, then from uniform seeds, once they ripen, again you have David results. Yeah. Uh, another way to look at it, maybe a simpler way, is that uh, from the karma that you plant, uh, that you act in this all the different ways, you get uh, some pleasant results, some painful results. Yeah. You get all the different realms uh, of ripening. Uh, so, issue, issue. So this Sanyo issue referring to what? The existence within the sensual desire realm. That's the first one. Second one, the form world. Third one, formless world. So Sanyo. Sanyo issue. So there's two parts. One is the Yo, and one is the Yoji. So existence and then the support for existence. So this yo yo chi. So yo chi is zhong yo fan nao ye ji qi shi jian de san yo zi ju. So this is talking about the support, the support for existence. For us to come into existence, over here it lists out four conditions. First one is the intermediary stage, zhong yeah? yo. In Weisu, we call it Zhong Ying Shen. Then, second is Fan Na. Then, Ye. So, the Karma, which is the the action that was done in the previous line. Ji Qi Shi Jian de San Yo. So, plus this Qi Shi Jian. Qi Shi Jian is referring to the external world. So this qi is actually referring to the external world, uh, describing it like a vessel. Yeah. And the vessel can contain things. Contain who? Contain us. Uh, so this qi shi jian, right? This qi is often together with another term. So, gen shen qi jian. So, 根生 
referring to our physical body with all the bases and then qi jie referring to the external world uh, that is acting as a vessel for sentient beings to reside in so together, Gansen Qi Jie refers to the physical uh, material, all the physical material. So <coughs> the Yu Ji, the support for existence, would require uh, this this sequence. Uh, this sequence I don't really fancy. Yeah, uh, I would look at the sequence in this way. So first you have uh, Ye. Uh, you have fun now in the past, you have defilements in the past, causing you to go and do this, go and do that. Then you plant a seed. Then after planting a seed, as we approach the end of our life, and then we at the end of towards the end of our life, again defilements arise. Then triggering one of the seed. Then triggering one of the seed, then we go start to go into existence towards the next life. Yeah. And of course Within Yogacara school, we we have the Zhong Yoga, the intermediate stage. Okay, yeah. the intermediate stage uh, is in some schools not recognized. Some schools say no, instant rebirth. Yeah, uh, <coughs> some schools say no. Sometimes you don't get instant rebirth. Yeah. So, for example, for uh, for Heavenly and hell and ghost realm are instant. I don't have to wait. So if you want to have instant rebirth, uh, you either work very hard or you 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 do evil very hard. <laughs> uh, then you get instant. Uh, don't have to wait. Yeah, don't have to get a queue number and wait. So the the reasoning for having the intermediate stage is uh, that sometimes uh, your karma is not so heavy so you don't get rebirth into this stage in which case then um, your lifespan has ended really but your potential future uh, parents or the circumstances may not be ready in particular rebirth as a human being or rebirth uh, animal realm fairly easy uh, quite easy. You hang hang say boom, tonight become an end. Hang hang say become housefly in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> but human realm not so easy. Human realm is not so easy. So, uh, if you go by the Tibetan book of death, yeah, the Bado, uh, then they talk about the seven weeks. So within the seven weeks, you go through seven cycles. Then within that seven cycles, most people before they reach the seven, usually in the first one week, boom, already gone. Uh, why? Because we are easily um, affected by our impulses. A bit oh, chonga, a bit chonga. So you notice that all the cultivation in Buddhism is to help us uh, manage our impulse. Don't don't go with impulse so easily. Don't go with your impulse so easily. So, in a case where um, a person is still living samsara, then what happens? Still go with the impulse. 
So the combination of this, so this is not in the sequential order, not in chronological order. What I described earlier, you have defilements before you die, you do a lot of different deeds, then as you approach death, uh, you have defilements again. One of the primary, most important one is attachment. Then it triggers one of the seeds to ripen, then you go. No one is there to, to read out, uh, to, to assign you. Yeah. Who are we assigned by? Our own defilements. So some people say, hey, but not fair. <coughs> but not fair. Why not fair? Okay? I didn't decide to be reborn in this world in this way. Right? If you think about it, uh, given a choice, would you rather be born in a in a in a state like actually our current state of that we can still attend Dharma talk, has still relative peace. Yeah. So being born in Singapore the way we are versus uh, let's say during World War Two. I mean World War Two is already past. But let's say if you have a choice, born in World War Two in Europe, yeah, where they are in the midst of the war, or born now. Which one do you want? Of course you don't have to ask, huh? Right? But while everybody wants to be born in a time of peace, the 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 Rebirth posting is not decided by merely your wishes. Not merely by our wishes. It's just like uh, when people get posted for their uh, school posting. You ask around all the primary six students a few months ago, how many of them want to be posted to a coaching Kura school, yeah, secondary school, uh, after they get a PSLE? Who do want to go to uh, what part of the good secondary school? Alright, uh, let's say RI. Huh? <coughs> uh, I heard River Valley was not bad. <laughs> I don't know what. But let's say RI. Out of a thousand students, maybe a lot of them wants to go to RI. But how many can go into RI? Uh, it depends on. How they perform during the exams. But how they perform during the exams, you may say, but not fair, only that within that few hours. Well, it is an accumulation of all your studies throughout the whole year. So, similarly, our whole life is like the six years we spend in, we spend, a student spend in primary school, you know. Yeah. The PSLE is like the final, is like our final moment. Yeah. So, as much as a, a person can spend their whole life, oh, I want to be reborn as a human being in a place with wholesome people, with this and that. But if throughout the whole life, the, the, the person never do enough homework. <laughs> yeah. So right at the end, wow, he will struggle. But if in the past life and in the present life, we didn't plant any seeds, so, uh, this process, <coughs> all these supporting conditions, is uh, what enables our, uh, sentient beings to come into existence again. And hence, it's called 
有据，三有字据 ，sorry， 三有字据，双方有据 ，the the amenities the supporting factors for existence within the three spheres of existence。So， 与三有国及三有因生起感召，称为贪。So here。Uh, the definition of greed well, is very macroscopic in view. You never talk about your iPhone. Yeah, never talk about all these things. But it actually encompasses everything. It's a very macroscopic view. Yeah. It looks at the San Yu Guo. With these three characters, San Yu Guo, it covers the whole of planet Earth. And and more, you know, because San Yu Guo refers to all the possible states of existence within samsara, <coughs> because the these three three spheres of existence, sensual desire realm, uh, form realm, formless realm, uh, 欲界、色界、无色界 it covers all the six realms that we are used to. It encompasses heavenly beings. Encompasses asura, human. Encompasses animal, ghosts, and hell realms. And not just sensual desire, but heavenly form realm, heavenly formless realm. So this sanyoguo actually covers everything. How far everything is a very microscopic view. But it doesn't stop there as well. It even includes our greed for, for the what, for the supporting conditions. For the supporting conditions, that even even the the supporting conditions, we also crave for it. We also have greed for it. Yeah. So greed is not just about uh, wow, the immediate things, ah,、uh, but it also means that when you greed for your iPhone, you are greedy. You are craving for existence. Everything that we have greed for is actually an indirect greed for existence. When you, when you,、uh, when you see a photo on Facebook, wow, this is such a nice place. Wow, I must go there next time. I must visit next time. Wow, Airbus A three eighty. Oh, I must go and pick it one of these days. That is basically an aspiration, a wish. In order to take that Airbus, you must exist, man. Do you want to take Airbus as a housewife? You don't want. So it means that you want to be as to be taking it as a human being. So while it's not a conscious thing, we we don't consciously think, ah, I want to be reborn as a what? Okay, some of us do think that way, but even for those who don't believe in rebirth, they are thinking, I want to exist. The moment you you have that want. To experience something, so this 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 whole section here, it actually very all encompassing, and that's why the definition is quite、uh, quite microscope microscopic. It encompasses everything. So, you this 贪着 so 
this uh, due to this greed. So this is what I uh, mentioned earlier. This is an opposite of non-greed. Uh, greed versus non-greed. So the earlier section where we cover the wholesome uh, mental concomitants, we start out with the three non-greed, non, non, non non-hatred, non-delusion. Remember? Yeah. So this can uh, obstruct, can hinder non-greed. They are basically opposites. Once you have greed, then of course you cannot talk about non-greed. Once you remove greed, then you have what we call non-greed. They are basically uh, antipodes, uh, opposites. So, Nansang Wutang Yu Wu Chi Yun. Okay, so this is another specific term. This Wu Chi Yun, this is the. Oh, no more space. Okay, that's smaller. Five. Clinging aggregates. Yeah. Okay, today's handwriting is still okay. Wu Xi Yun. Wu Xi Yun. I Zhao Zi Qi. So, these five clinging aggregates, usually we talk about Wu Yun. Five aggregates: form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. So, Wu Qi Yun, referring to how these five aggregates are subject to clinging. Who cling on to it? We cling on to it. These five aggregates are none other than our existence. So here, he's saying we cling on to existence, cling on to this very existence of five aggregates. So with respect to these five aggregates that are subject to uh, clinging, what happens? I crave for it. We crave for it, and we are zhiqi. We uh, we are attached to it, and we cling on to it. All the various stages, we crave for it. We want. Even even small kids, you can see. How can you see? They don't want to sleep. Yeah, since young, Sufu don't want to sleep. <laughs> I have an answer for myself now. Why I don't want to sleep? Because of craving. But once you sleep, you close your eyes, you lose the sense of sight. Then you just lie there. You cannot interact with the world. And once you go to sleep, the world disappears. You don't want to sleep because of that. <laughs> Very simple answer. Why small kids don't understand? Because then they cannot play more. <laughs> right? But basically, what is playing? Exist existence. So even small kids never attend Dharma class, they, they have this craving. Then adults, the adults also don't want to sleep. So they take all kinds of pills. Huh? When they take until they cannot sleep, then they take another kind of pills to sleep. <laughs> <coughs> so I our craving. Then zhi. So this word zhi, uh, attachment, qi, clinging. You are attached to it, you cling on to it, hold on to it, grasp on to it. Grasp on to what? Grasp on to the five 
clinging aggregates. And why does this happen? Due to this greed, we, we have this craving, we have this attachment and clinging. And as a result, in so because of this craving, attachment and clinging to the five clinging aggregates. Because of this, then for a long time, a long time, perpetual, we we go around within these three spheres of existence, uh, experiencing birth, experiencing death as a result. And after experiencing death, as we near approach death, not satisfied. So we grasp on to whatever comes along. <clears throat> Our, our wish, our want of existence is so strong. You may think, who wants to be reborn as a mosquito? When you have no choice, you, 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 when that's the, the next choice and you, you, don't know, you don't know what other choice you have, you will just take it. <laughs> you don't think, well, who will be so stupid? It's like, you know, Let's say you, you imagine Wheel of Fortune. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Then you can have one choice. At first, maybe you can have a choice. You, uh, hell, hell, hell nobody wants that. But maybe before you can have hell, hey, the thing keeps spinning up. Then you don't have existence. Ding, mosquito. <laughs> The problem is that our our wish to exist is so strong. Anything come That's the problem. That's the problem. If we just sit there and meditate. Oh a bit oh a bit oh chana chana. A bit of pain. Wow, little my leg. How we have so much fear of of harm to the body. We have so much, you know. So all the practices is to guide us to be, to have courage, you know, to have that mental resilience, to not just anyhow grab one thing. See, 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 wow, then have a bit of nice experience, wow, really grab. That's why whenever you go for meditation and classes, they tell the instructor, ah, Suko, I have this experience, that experience, most of the teacher, okay, good, continue. Uh, then, then how? How? Uh, what, why? Uh? Don't think so much. Continue. <laughs> it's to break us, break away from this tendency. Since I anything come, then you just grab. <laughs> Anyhow, grab then. Yeah, so, sense then you just go around and down. Then you go around. But, but don't think that merry-go-round means that, oh, uh, I have just gone down lower realms, then after that, I must die, die, go to the higher realm. Not necessary. Uh, not necessary. If, if for a long time you never do any wholesome deeds, then you just continue ding-dong, 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 ding-dong. 
<laughs> so don't think that oh uh, I will just uh, after that go up then come down then go up go up then come down uh, go down then come up no uh, not, not possible uh, not certain depends on what you put into the bank what kind of books do you write into the library but you may think some people may think hey but as, a, as an animal as an ant what chance do I have good thing about technology nowadays on YouTube you can see a lot of amazing animals huh? you can see the dog that oh, I'm going to rescue the owner you can see the the, the goose then go and feed the fish you know you can see another dog see one dog in the highway then he go there and then all the car then he just hey human beings down there, take picture maybe. Yeah, if if a human being get into a car accident, what happened? All the other drivers slow down. Oh, it's a lot <laughs> Of course, there are some who will stop and really come and help but most people don't help. That's why, you know, previously in HGC, I think last year, last last year, I saw this video. Wow, I was so disturbed. In China. When I say China, don't think, oh, China is worse. It happens throughout the whole world. So there was this video about this um, this kid who wandered away from the mother, then got knocked down by someone. Then after getting knocked down, the the van, or I think it's a, it's a van, didn't stop, you know? Then, eh, oh, eh, oh. then after just drive on. Then people walk past, then the pocket, it's really a toddler, like, the pocket, like shuffle a bit, shuffle a bit. Then after another car, whoa! You know, you know, two cars or three cars. And one moto pass by, then siam. Then just, then quickly drive off. Why? Because in China, there are so many cases of people, you fake accident, you know. Then later you stop, go and help, ah. Wow, So, wow. You compare with animals. So, don't think that, oh, if I go down the low realms, then it's a vicious cycle just stuck there. Even, I don't know whether they are Buddhist sometimes, but you can see on YouTube, a lot of the animals do amazing things, helping. So, from a Buddhist standpoint, from Buddha's teaching, you can say that, ah, these animals are planting wholesome seeds, worthy of a higher existence. So, just now, HK asked me a question about <coughs> what happened if a person were to let's say meditate and then attain to the serenity. Yeah, then after that, uh, if a person enter into the concentration and then pass away, he'll be reborn in the higher realm. Then after that, will they be reborn in the lower realms? So it's not certain also depends on whether the person is able to trigger uh, new states of, of uh, let's say, uh, wholesomeness. So when the person is reborn in the form of formless realm or heavenly realm in the sensual desire sphere, the person is experiencing the results of the past cultivation. It is not, it's not that <coughs> Or after you are reborn, then you are cultivating. You are just enjoying the fruits. 
So if the person, after being reborn in the heavenly realm, will not do further cultivation, there's nothing to stop him from just enjoying himself. Still, he'll get very long life. But if he don't further his cultivation, after that, uh, it depends on what else is there. If there's no further wholesome seeds, uh, or the wholesome seeds are not ready for ripening, then he may be born in the lower realms. Then he asked me, are there a case? You know, so I told him that there are cases in the Sutta where there are those after being reborn there, before they pass away, they, they quickly do some practices. Then they get reborn again, sometimes in the same realm, sometimes in the higher realm. But the key takeaway here is, when we are reborn as a human being, every day when we go to sleep, we are not doing anything spectacular wrong. When we wake up, how many people, how many people say, wow, spend that time, you know, looking up for other people to help people? Not, not really wrong. So while we are existing as a human human being, we are basically using up the the reserve from the past. So if we don't start doing humane things, yeah, worthy of human rebirth, then we're not planting new seeds. Uh. After we die, maybe no more seeds for rebirth as a human. Then have to become the goose, and then as a goose, oh yeah, what's your love? Quickly feed. <laughs> So the Buddhist teaching, so far, I find that it, it gives a very, uh, it doesn't give a overly positive or overly pessimistic. Yeah, it's not trying to be optimistic or pessimistic, it's, it's just as it is. In every different state, there's that opportunity for you to change. But it's up to individuals to change. If not, then you... So, greed has this. Yeah. So, some people wonder, hey, how come, why is greed not a good thing? Yeah, because greed fundamentally traps us in samsara. And as long as you are in samsara, you have a chance to suffer. Because it's not certain that, you know, life after life, you are just born in heavenly realms. Because especially when you're in heavenly realms, there's not much opportunity for you to cultivate. Not much opportunity. There are cases that there was this Sutta, this monk, after passing away, he was reborn in the heavenly realm. So the retinue came to receive him and then I can imagine in my own imagination I like wow, go through orientation, welcome to the heavenly realm. This is the one in ten or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now let me. Sh- this is the first day of orientation. Let me show you around your your beautiful heavenly pa- uh, palace. Then for that monk, <coughs> he didn't go through orientation. You know, the moment you are his reborn, he's like, "Hey, what am I doing here?" And uh, all the heavenly is, uh, I think sometimes the description is the heavenly names like all the. The, the relations all come and welcome, you know. Wow. <laughs> but then he's like, hey, I'm, I'm a monk. And then the, the fellow heavenly, no, no, you're not a monk anymore. You're heavenly being now. Come. 
chance uh, they have magic part music uh, then the very nice voice but then this monk uh, no uh, hey I haven't finished my training how, how do I end up here so he so, so they explained to him no you are really born in heavenly realm just stay here and enjoy yourself you've done well long life enjoy five course of sanctuary pleasure then like, no 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 I'm supposed to attain the mana. so he he quickly left the heavenly realm he didn't die he uh, he go to come down to earth yeah. come and visit the Buddha and then ask for teachings and then continue his training hey I tell you uh, if you want to be reborn in heavenly realm and then you want to be in the different ones you hing hing sui sui you, you cannot one of them who is like that you know what happened when he came down it is said that the 500 heavenly realms heavenly beings who is part of his retinue because he go he, they also follow so because he follow they follow they also go and learn dharma then he attain dharma they also start to go uh, they also could practice. Can't remember whether they attain the So this is uh, the kind of friends you you uh, you cultivate. Uh, very important. Uh. So some some students ask, "Why? So heavenly realms cannot cultivate? Not so easy. You just look around in Singapore. Singapore is not even heavenly realm. How many people want to cultivate?" Yeah, there is la, the, the, this classroom. <laughs> of course, there are other classrooms in Singapore that people cultivate. But you just look at Geelang. Yeah. Geelang is, is the world of extremes. Uh. <laughs> you have all kinds of enjoyment. You can have all kinds of, not just Buddhist temples, you have a lot of religious centers from other religions. So you have churches, you have mosques, you have Taoist temple, you have Buddhist temple, all kinds. How many people come to Gelang for religious purpose? Not many. So, even if you are reborn in heavenly realm, there's still an opportunity to practice. It's just that the trouble is, will you be able to have that discipline? So, must build up that discipline now. Otherwise, read as a defiling. Next, turn. Again, turn. Uh, hatred is the opposite of non-hatred. Yeah, the opposite. Yu苦苦惧，嗔恚为性，能障无嗔，不安稳性，恶行所依为业。So, in the earlier uh, wholesome mental concomitants. So, sanku. So, previously we have gone through the three kinds of suffering, but this is in brief. Yeah, this is in brief because there are a lot of different uh, category, categorization of, of what is suffering. Yeah, we have the eight kinds of suffering, we have the two kinds of suffering, we have the three kinds of suffering, and so on. The three kinds with, with, which we have mentioned before, Suffering due to pain, suffering due to loss, suffering due to the, the, uh, to the fabrications, the inconstancy uh, nature of fabrications. So these are the these are what is known as suffering. Uh, then what about the, what about suffering? 
都能生嗔啊。So suffering can give rise to uh this 嗔 hatred. Uh, but you may think, no, not true. Ah,、uh, doesn't give rise to hatred. Ah,、uh, but you must understand. Ah,、uh, so this term, ah,、uh, 嗔 Uh, usually tr- translated as hatred, but it's a very big umbrella.、Uh, the the initial stage is what we call aversion. Aversion. So aversion, when you have suffering, do you have aversion? Of course, you're averse to it. You don't like it.、Uh, so that is the mildest form, and it is under the big umbrella of hatred, or sometimes they translate as anger. So, whenever you have pain, you can give rise to this dislike, this aversion, this repulsion. I don't want.、Uh, can give rise to this.、Uh, so, uh, 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 so, Yeah, that we have this uh, uh, ill will or、uh, repulsion, aversion.、Uh, what is it? Actually, it's basically the the feeling of pain. We are repulsed by it. We don't like it. Le shou guan li shi, chen xin ye sui zhe sheng qi. So this is actually going through the description of the three kinds of suffering. The first one is suffering of pain. Uh, who who don't have this problem? Raise your hand.、Uh, you raise your hand, then you take a step forward, come over here,、uh, put your palms together, close your eyes, and I give you one tight slap. <laughs> See whether you like it or not. <laughs> Maybe for your your ah, sadu sadu sadu. Please ah, don't please don't entertain this kind of distorted thinking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in Buddhist in Buddhism we have this kind of if I say crazy idea, then next time you see some other communities that report this kind of idea, then oh, Sufu say they they are crazy, but to me it's really quite crazy. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, unless I can, I, the the only reason why I can think of why I should slap one of you, any of you. Or anyone for that matter, is if I feel that you have lost your mind, and you are about to, you are taking risk or subjecting yourself to、uh, mortal danger or subjecting others to mortal danger,、uh, then I want to actually pick. Was still wait for you to unjali. I just go walk up to you and pick. <laughs> I mean, not everybody agree with this, ah.、Huh? Some people feel like no, no. Even in such circumstances, you must still speak gently. Ah,、uh, hello. How are you today? For me, if if a person is in that condition, I just woke up. Yeah, with you. <laughs> yeah. So far in this world, two person have experienced this before. <laughs> yeah, two person who are privileged enough to experience this. Uh, I think. One one of them, one of them was my then girlfriend. 
Yeah. Too long story. I always like to tell long story. To give you the final part. Uh. She was crossing the street following me. And it was quite dangerous because the Geylang Street is many lanes, you know. Many years ago, uh, I was uh, I was still working in R&D. So, uh, anyway, when I crossed the road, then she wanted to follow, then she hesitated, then she crossed. What? You know, Geylang Road, four lane, eh? four, five lane. Then as I turned around and saw her cross over, all of the cars went... What's that? What? Xiao Lao Chikong Xiao Liao. This girl has gone crazy. Because <laughs> that day I was like, we had a bit of teeth, then I told her, I go back, go back, I don't talk about it. And girls, I don't understand why girls are like that. Dai Dai must have an answer. Dai Dai must, no, no, cannot go back in this way. Oh, Piang eh, what is this? So I, I walk up to her, and she was already like, uh, you can imagine her, her mental state, no? but I felt that this is the time. Walk up to her. Piak! Oh, <laughs> but it's not the kind of lethal slap. Like, I mean, I, I'm capable of doing that, but it was a wake up slap. Uh, that's different grade also, okay? <laughs> oh, then she. Oh, tears started coming. Then I helped her. Then I explained to her. See, the thing about me is that I was. So after then I, I explained to her, I said, you know why I slept you today? Then she was crying. I've got a question to ask. After slap people ask, do you know why I slept you? I was trained in this way. So I, I mean not to make a joke out of this, uh, but this is why I told her. I said, do you know you could have died? How long have we known each other? I answered. I was in my mid twenties, twenty six. Then about, it was she was a, a few years younger than me. We have only known each other for maybe three months or maybe six months. Then about, yeah. So I told her, I said, how many months? How many months have we known each other? So she told me maybe maybe three or six months. I said, and if you you took a risk over me that you know for three to six months how many years have you known your parents how many years have your parents known you you have known your parents your whole life i don't deserve you risking your life in this way if you died just now there's nothing i can do to you know compensate your parents you know? and we're not talking about money here <laughs> you know i said no matter how long you know me, I don't deserve you dying over. If you if you have to risk your life for your parents, yes, go ahead, you know, to save your parents. But over me, over a, a relationship, no, please don't do that. Oh, see? Ah, well, at that moment, I think she's like, How to get angry, right? <laughs> but honestly, the two times I slapped a person, it was not out of anger. Yeah. The second person, I will not mention who, but the person, uh, I, I only heard that the person attempted suicide. Yeah, the person attempted suicide. So I walked into the room, 
be the person that touch that and give the person a good scolding. Yeah. Only uh, so the two person I slept in this whole line was because it was life and death. Yeah. So I can say very clearly, I never like slap anybody out of anger. Yeah, it was really because it, to, to me, the person really need a wake up call. Worse than mine already. Yeah. But of course, not everybody agree. La, and it, I don't need you all to agree. <laughs> but I can stay at night because my conscience is clear. Yeah. So, turn. Uh, sorry, uh, track. <clears throat> so, the three kinds of suffering here. It highlighted the first kind, uh, which is that when you experience pain, then uh, it's very natural that we would be averse to it. So that which we we have aversion, that we have repulsion towards, uh, is none other than the painful feeling. But how about pleasant feelings? Pleasant feelings, when you're experiencing it, you have greed, you have want. But when this feeling come to an end. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to an end, when it is separated from you, what happens? Yeah, then our what do you call that? Our this uh, hatred or aversion will then arise as well. And the more the more pleasant it is the more pleasant it is, the more delightful the experience is, the more you want it, when you lose it, the more you suffer. And as a result, the more sadness, grief you, you experience. So there was once I told this Amor when I was in the US. This Amor spent several hours trying to convince me about true love. I don't know whether she was trying, she was angry or what. <laughs> But well, so I spent you know four or five hours trying to convince her that if you have a marriage, you either you either suffer first and then happy later, or happy first and suffer later. Yeah, of course, some would say that this is a bit bleak. Huh? So if you have a, a good marriage, then you enjoy it first. But at some point you will end. And I'm not talking about uh, your husband or wife having an affair. Yeah. Worse still, if they don't have an affair, yeah. then at some point when they fall sick and then they have to go, wow. I haven't been married before. <laughs> uh, but I've seen many people uh, couples, one partner passed away. What? Hey, no joke, no. Even in this day and age, just when you think that I are nowadays, who who will so guasan yen? What the the case I handled, the wife after two years, no, and and the husband passed away. Not the kind of wow, very drastic circumstances. Just fall sick and then pass away. Oh, she cannot take it. No, after two years. The moment she sit down, what? And she went through depression for a long time, and after several years, 
manage uh, you can say that she she is managing so sometimes it's quite ironic uh, our work our love within normal relationship seems to be defined by pain and suffering it is almost as though our the amount of love we have for each other is is only uh, evident by the amount of suffering you go through when you are separated. Just imagine, imagine if you, let's say you go for a funeral, yeah, and then the the husband or wife pass away, and then you see the other half over there. Hey, Naya, I come, come, pray, pray. Is that the one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, she's the, he's the one. The one just passed away. Really, I thought. Huh? I thought. I thought you are the one. <laughs> you're you're crying more. No, no. He's the one. So, as much as we, like, if you ask anyone, logically they will say, "Oh, well, if I pass away, I hope that my my wife, my husband will be happy." But if the husband or wife really is really happy. I mean, not over the, the person passing away, but, but is able to be happy. Then I think we may not feel so good, you know. <laughs> we may like, like imagine if you are the one who passed away, then your husband or wife, huh? Then you are like, before you pass away, then you hold on to the hand. Then when I pass away, don't don't, you know, that CPF can take care of everything. I still have some secret share options. Uh, the, the password is one two three four five. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot of money inside. I want you to be happy. And the wife, <laughs> don't cry. It's okay, one laugh, smile, smile, say smile. <laughs> then after that, and pass away. Hey, the wife really smile. Okay, <laughs> okay. Hey, why are you smiling? <laughs> I mean, I, th- this is the kind of things that, like, for y'all, y'all always fussing, all kinds of things. Uh, that for months, we sit down and think about this. Mm. So I thought about this, and I'm like, hey, so interesting. Uh. Yeah. So it seems as though the, the amount of love we have for each other is evident. Yeah? Uh, in the amount of pain we experience when we are separated. Yeah, maybe that's why you know traditional Chinese yeah, the kind of culture, wow, <laughs> yeah, And then after that, So one student texts me, Sifu, under Buddhism, uh, within hundred days. Can we uh, go and attend a uh, wedding? So I said, well, in Buddhism, uh, there's, there's not much rules about such things. But then traditionally, there is such a concept. And it is actually a form of respect towards the departed. Yeah. And in a way, respect, but in a way, is to show people that you respect. It's more about showing people that you respect the person who passed away. But of course, we can always say, yeah, why bother? That's what people think. But there's all these social conventions. So, tread lightly. Be careful. Mm. So, 
uh, when we are separated from delightful matters, yeah, from pleasure, we suffer. Yeah. It can be as intense as a marriage, as a beautiful relationship that lasts for 50 years. It can be uh, a meal. Yeah. When it comes to an end, well, the funny thing is that when, we, when the meal comes to an end, you don't cry, isn't it? Yeah. So, it seems to be a counterfactual, isn't it? Yeah. But, what happened? At some point, you think about it. At some point, you wow, long time never tried that laksa already. Wow. Long time never have durian. Long time never have sabi wood. Wow, there you have. So the question is, is that longing a form of suffering? So in that five hours with that more, uh, we, we talk about this also. So, so the person say, "Oh, true love is someone who is out there, and uh, I know that there's someone out there who is who is for me." So I said, "So, at this point, do you do you know who that person is? Don't know. So, do you love him? Yes, I love him. It's my true love. You don't know him and you love him? Yes. Okay." So do you long to meet him? Say yes. So between now and when you meet him, is there a difference? Then, then I, I did, by, by this point of the conversation, she know that I always set traps. Huh? <laughs> so she's like, oh, she told me, very simple, only yes or no, right? So between now and when you meet that person, there must there is either a difference or no difference. If there's no difference, why meet? If there's a difference, then is it better or worse? Yeah. Is it better to meet or worse to meet? If it's worse to meet, then there's something wrong with your idea of true love. <laughs> Meeting your true love is worse. So it must be worse not to meet. So at this point, you are feeling worse than when you meet. This is what we call longing. <laughs> so longing by definition cannot be happiness. <laughs> But then we mistaken, misfire because of what we're going to get. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, come for a more time. Okay. Okay, never mind. We continue. Yeah, so, so, as a result, because of what we're going to get, we, we just keep on thinking of that, but we don't realize that this process of wanting that, that is actually something uh, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> if it jumps up and then ah, <laughs> then, you, then you call me away <laughs> okay so uh, so, so this last part here talk about all the different kinds of uh basically Everything apart from Dipana, yeah, all included. Yeah, all included. 
and uh, all these can give rise to uh, suffering, uh, the fruits of suffering. And so all these can be considered as the supporting conditions for suffering. And dependent on this, each uh, so dependent on all these uh, phenomena, all these things that has outflow, then it gives rise to uh, uh, hatred. So over here, this this the text seems to skim over the third kind of suffering, which is the xingku. In a way, this part is talking a bit about xingku, but not in a way. So, mm, uh, there's another term, you know, then another term which is your way, your way far. your way far. Uh, so this is condition phenomena. For all intents and purposes, we can consider everything that we interact with as condition. Don't have to worry about the non-condition because uh, you can just look at non-unconditioned as uh, nibbana. So. Uh, that's to say that everything we interact with is conditioned. Yeah. But don't take my word for it. Uh, go and examine. So there are two parts. Uh. One is if you if you want to just start off, you can assume that it is everything you interact with is conditioned. Then uh, deal with it appro uh, appropriately. But there's another part of the exercise which is to go and investigate so that you know for yourself that it is conditioned. So to determine whether something is conditioned, you uh, you go and you can either first of all go and do a reflection. Does this thing exist all the time? If this thing doesn't exist all the time, it's conditioned. Uh, does this thing require conditions to come into existence? If it requires conditions, it is conditioned. When conditions change. Uh, does it still exist? If it still exists, it's not conditioned. If it ceases to exist, then it's conditioned. So these three stages, you can use it to quickly determine whether something is conditioned or not. So, <coughs> so uh, the third kind of suffering, xin uh, ku. So this xin, zu xin, wu sang de xin, is actually talking about all the fabrications, all the formations, which are basically the conditioned phenomena. All things that come together, uh, they have a few features about them. Because they come together, they will fall apart. And they are subject to change, subject to, uh, they, are, they are impermanent, subject to change. And the way they change is dependent on conditions. And so it's uncertain. Due to all these factors, uh, it is not conducive for what we call certainty and stability. And hence, it is a very, uh, in a way, subtle, uh, yet permeating, ubiquitous kind of suffering. Because it's a, this sense of uncertainty. 
that is within everything. Uh, within everything. Most prominently seen in uh, the neither painful nor pleasant experiences. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually inside uh, painful experiences, yeah. painful feelings and pleasant feelings also. Because these two are still subject to change, uh, that is, due to conditions. But for these two feelings, uh, the, the most pronounced effect is that of kuku uh, and kwaiku. So, uh, one thing about the kwaiku, one thing about kwaiku, when you are experiencing it, it is pleasant. And that's why most most of us uh, we don't see it as suffering. When we lose it, then we experience suffering. But we don't link it with the thing we lost. We link it with whoever make us lose it. So, for example, your uh, let's say I don't know, let's say your hand, your handphone, uh, your handphone. Give, up, give you some level of, of happiness. Yeah. Then, uh, because your friend borrow it and then uh, drop it, or let's say you you misplace it <laughs> and then you couldn't find your phone, oh, then you are anxious. Yeah. So, uh, being a cultivator, of course, you are able to be steady, you know, then continue with class. Then later on, wow, when you found it, wow, you're so filled with joy. So the joy arises. Then anxiety also arises. It's actually directly linked to the phone. Yeah. Uh, but actually not due to the phone also. It's due to how we relate to the phone. But most of the time, we uh, when it is the problem, we don't really... Uh, link it to the phone. Sometimes we do lah. When the stupid phone don't uh, don't respond, you know, oh, stupid phone. Uh, so when we when we truly feel that the phone is is lousy, uh, then we stop being attached to it. Yeah, then we will replace it with a new phone. But when we don't think that the problem is with the phone, uh, maybe your your friend borrow it and then the, the your friend drop it, then. Due to social conventions, you cannot be angry with your friend over a phone, so you you secretly get angry. <laughs> but the problem is how we relate to the phone, not really with the friend. A more maybe uh, a more apparent example is how small kids, because all of you are adults. Are halfway through the example, I realized that none of you, you know, ever uh, in in the past one year. No one ever confiscate your phone from you, right? Oh, wait, okay. actually, yes. Uh, when you attend my retreat, then I confiscate your phone. <laughs> but because it's Sufu, so you all cannot... Uh, you all secretly angry. <laughs> uh, but maybe you are not so happy with the volunteers because the volunteers is the one who collect from you. So, uh, but let's look at uh, teenagers. Teenagers, they derive pleasure from the handful. Uh, so need a prop so let me pick up my prop so so wow they're precious for 
wake up before they sleep. Until they sleep and then So then the mother and the father, wow, they see that the, the son has become a slave to the handphone. So decides that no, you must restrict yourself. Chan Guan Pastor said that you jealous. <laughs> so what happened? Because of that, then the son at first look at the mother. Mm-hmm. Mother take the phone book. <laughs> yeah, it happens, right? Yeah. So, what happened? The son or the daughter uh, don't realize that the source of the suffering is how they relate to the phone. They attribute this loss to the mother. So, the aversion get redirected towards the mother. Because thinking that the mother is the source of suffering. So, it's not that our children are stupid. It is that they are deluded. <laughs> because they also know how to think about cause and effect. Except that they get the cause and effect wrong. They think that uh, the, the feeling of loss that they're having is due to the mother. Seems to be logical, right? Mother can't take my phone away. So, mother is the cause of my suffering. Yeah, so, earlier this year, first, I think uh, 1st of Jan, we have an offering here. So I draw this chart. Yeah. Before you even have a phone, uh, were you happy? Yes, there was mother here. When you have phone, are you happy? Yes, there's also mother here. When there's no more phone, are you happy? No, there's still mother here. So you see, there's no correlation between whether there's mother or whether you're happy. But before you have a phone, you are happy. But after you have a phone, you 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 start to think that your only source of happiness is the phone. So that when the phone is taken away, uh, then we become unhappy. And we think that the person who takes away the phone is the problem. But it's actually because of the way we relate to the phone. For all of us here, yeah, we're not teenagers, we don't have such a problem with our phone. We don't have mothers who take the phone away from us. Uh, but we have gone on to bigger things. We have gone on to bigger things uh, beyond the phone. Sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's a position. Sometimes it's a name. Okay? All kinds of things. And before we have all those things, maybe we are not super happy, not super sad, we are okay. But after we maybe have an idea of that thing, that person, then we feel like, oh, if I have that, then I can be happy. If I can have this person as my life partner, then I can be happy. If I can go to this place, then I can be happy. Or, and so on and so forth. When we have it, are we happy? Yeah, we cannot say that we are not happy. We, we do get some satisfaction. But typically, the first day of satisfaction and the second day of satisfaction is usually different. Our satisfaction rarely, rarely do we find a thing that gives us incremental satisfaction. Usually, decremental satisfaction. Yeah, but, but don't be so quick to agree with me. Okay? 
go back to this exercise. Go and think of uh, like three to five things that give you satisfaction, like among the higher ones, uh, and then write down which one give you more and more satisfaction every day. Don't give me answer yet, okay? Uh, even those that do, those that don't give you more and more satisfaction, you also write it down. Think about it. Then next week when we come back, we explore further. Okay. 他讲,以下。愿消散长出烦恼。愿消散长出烦恼。愿得智慧证明了。愿得智慧证明了。普愿这一章悉消除。愿这一章悉消除。事实长心不杀道。事实长心不杀道。阿弥陀佛。起立。